And it kind of comes back to not the long list, but anchoring our day around the things that we know are our highest priorities. One thing that we've been doing for quite a while and I really love and always suggest it to parents that feel like they want to slow down, but they're not sure where to start. We do something called an afternoon pause and connect. Stop everything around three or four in the afternoon and we just take a 15 minute pause and I usually read some books and we have a little snack and just kind of come back together because we have a lot of things going on in a day as mothers and as homemakers. I think we can just run ourselves ragged and not only do our kids need to come back and connect with us throughout the day, but we also need it for ourselves and our own hearts. My name is Lisa, mother of seven and creator of the blog and YouTube channel Farmhouse on Boone. Join me as I share with you my love for creating a handmade home from scratch cooking and a little mom and entrepreneur life along the way. All right, I just walked in from my podcast studio after doing a wonderful interview with Sarah from at Simply Sarah over on Instagram. And then I realized I forgot to do an intro. So you're getting me here in my kitchen instead of going back out to the podcast studio to record the intro. But this was such a great interview. I'm really excited for you to hear it. It's really nice hearing from someone with a bit of a different perspective because she's at a different stage in motherhood than I am currently. And it it brings back memories. It brings up new challenges that moms who are starting out today have that are very real. And I'm in this unique position of being able to remember what it was like a decade ago, which I'm telling you is so incredibly different from how it is now and how it is now. There are unique benefits of that, such as like I've been able to build my business here on the Internet that allows me to work just a few hours a day in my husband's home and all this, but it also has some very unique challenges as well. And I really enjoyed Sarah's perspective on living simply as a mom with your kids in today's world and how she's done that intentionally, how she came in to motherhood with a different perspective, how it shifted. And she creates the most beautiful reels over on Instagram, which is why I wanted to have her on she creates these reels that really invite you into the beauty of living simply with kids. So let's dive into the interview. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me and being willing to talk about slowing down and being intentional in motherhood. This is something that's probably was not very difficult to people in generations before, but it's become increasingly more difficult over the last several years. So I think this is an encouraging thing for moms to talk about. So can you share your personal journey of discovering the importance of slowing down in motherhood and what led you to this? For sure. And thank you so much for having me on, Lisa. I'm honored to be here and talk with you. First off, I just want to say that I definitely need this topic as much as the next person. I'm not an expert in it at all. And I think probably the reason I gravitated towards it and why I talk about it so much is because it's just something that I really need in my own life. So just as a caveat there, I'm not an expert. I'm still learning and growing, and I think that'll be a lifelong process. Yes. <laughs> so um, a little backstory on me. I grew up in a big family. There's seven of us kids, and I was homeschooled. Some of my fondest memories are playing in the back 
really the backfield. We grew up in Nebraska and there were cornfields surrounding our house on every side. So I remember playing out there with my siblings for hours and definitely kind of a slow childhood. But I think as happens to a lot of us in American culture, as I grew up and entered into adulthood, I saw myself kind of getting pulled into that rat race and the busyness and definitely saw a shift in my attitude towards life. I even got to a point where I didn't really see myself becoming a mother, didn't really see that as part of my story. And it wasn't that I was anti-kid or anything, but I just, there were a lot of things I wanted to do and to achieve. And I saw myself as doing all those things instead of really becoming a mom. It was kind of on the back burner. But God definitely had different plans for my life, and I'm really glad that he did. So fast forward to 2019, and my husband and I got married. And then the year after that, I found out I was pregnant with our son. And as happens a lot when we get pregnant and become mothers, we started to shift and, you know, decide different things for our life. And I I decided I wanted to stay home with my son and be home with him. And uh, my husband was definitely on board. He was raised similar to I was in a homeschooling family. So we decided to make that choice for our family. But despite deciding to be at home with my son and wanting that life, I really wasn't, my heart wasn't in it. I was very much still performance driven and wanting to achieve all the things and very much, I would say, a busy heart. And so that first year, I did really struggle in motherhood and missed out on a lot of the moments that I wish I wouldn't have. I, I found myself, instead of savoring that first year with my son, I was definitely trying to escape it and turning to busyness and distractions and all these other things because I had somehow bought into the lie that the work I was doing as a mother wasn't really good enough. It wasn't really valuable and that I needed to be doing more all the time. So I filled up my life with busyness, chasing after different things. And it's really funny how I kind of made the shift. It happened really last year. And it was in the summer, we got COVID. My family and I got COVID for like I think the second time and we all got it at different times. So there was about a month or so where we were kind of just stuck at home and I couldn't go out and fill our life with all the busyness that I had been doing before and the play mm -hmm. dates and the errands and just constantly doing. So we were really stuck at home and I was kind of forced to just do simple life things, you know, around the kitchen and the backyard. And at the time we were living in a in town. And so we just had a little backyard, but I had a little garden and I was really surprised that whole month. I thought that I would be miserable because up until that point, I didn't really tell anyone this, but I was terrified of just being alone at home with my son and doing those kinds of things. I just thought this isn't good enough. Like we have to be doing more. So that during that month long time, we were really just kind of, you know, doing simple things. And I was very surprised at how much joy I found in motherhood and in life in general. And so it was around that time that I realized, okay, I think I need to make a shift. I need to make some changes and level up a little bit. So around that time, I came across the hashtag slow living. And I don't know, maybe I had my head buried in the sand or something, but I never heard that term at all. And it was very new to me, but the post that I stumbled across, I was like, that looks like something that 
I need in my life. It was something that really interested me. So I kind of went down the rabbit hole on Instagram, searching slow living and finding what it's all about. And I loved what I was seeing, but what I came across was it was a lot of like European accounts and cottage core sort of garden aesthetics, which is beautiful. And, you know, I love that kind of thing, but it didn't, it wasn't super applicable to like modern American motherhood. And so I kind of went on a journey, a personal journey, just to apply the slow living concepts of savoring the moment, living more present, enjoying and having gratitude for the simple things in life and how to apply that to motherhood and to my own life. And I started sharing about that on Instagram last year and it was just a very small account. I was, I don't know if it was private, but I only had like 300 followers. And since then, a lot of other mothers have joined me in pursuing this whole life. So I'm thankful and still on the journey. Yeah. And you do, you create these reels that very much capture what it is you're saying. So if anybody hasn't gone over to your Instagram to see like your little, your tips all through these reels, just capturing the visual behind this slow living is so apparent over on your Instagram. And you got me thinking about how much different, do you feel like the world's, I mean, I know that you're a lot younger than me and you only have your first child. And so, you know, maybe you don't really know, but a lot of this that you're saying, it just seems like when I had my first child, this is just kind of, if you're going to be a stay at home mom, there really wasn't a million other options to pursue. Whereas Mm -hmm. now anybody can pursue anything. And so it's very easy to be busy even when, you know, you're, you're home. And that's, that's the challenge too, is you could be home. You could not fill your day with a lot of activities and still struggle to live the simple life. So in what ways have you tried to find that balance between sharing stuff like this on Instagram and like spending most of the day living that lifestyle, Mm. if you know what I mean. Right. Yeah. Because that was definitely part of my journey. It wasn't just filling our schedule with busyness, but also kind of distracting and, and looking for, you know, turning to digital distractions. I was definitely caught in the trap of, you know, turning on podcasts constantly, listening to things in the background, which I think some of that can be great and fun as a mom, especially if you're just talking to little ones all day long or with a baby all day long. But definitely kind of escaping the present moment. So I definitely was more aware of that and through my journey of slowing down last year. But then as I started sharing about it on social media and I felt, I started feeling that pressure to definitely be online now more. So yeah, it definitely took coming back to my priorities and deciding like, what do I want this to look like? Because I don't want to miss out on being present with my son during the day. And there's also definitely some responsibility with having a platform. Like I want to communicate with people and, you know, build the community. And obviously there's some of the the money-making component and stuff for our family. So I think just learning to balance that has been for me right now, doing most of my work in the margins and being on my phone, like during nap time or when he goes to Mm -hmm. bed at night, honestly, like a lot of my work is done 
you know, after nine o'clock. And that means it also means that I don't do everything that I could be doing or maybe should be doing. But Mm -hmm. I just have chosen right now to make some of the sacrifices and I don't ever regret it. I mean, yeah, it's and it's an ongoing thing. I think we never really arrive at that. I think we just have to sometimes bring it bring it back like there might be some days where I'm like wow I spent way too much time like responding or posting to stories or something and just coming back and saying okay tomorrow will be different and let's like realign and approach it with a different mindset tomorrow like you know it's not perfect for sure though yeah I like the idea though of having priorities and that's something that my husband and I have to do all the time is remember why we started certain things that we started and then remembering how our daily actions will fit into that, even if it means, yeah, we're not doing every little Mm -hmm. thing that we could possibly be doing. Because let's face it, there are endless options even when you stay home all day. So you have, I believe I saw somewhere, a summer bucket list. Oh, yeah. I don't, I think this, this is like already midsummer when this is coming out. But still, what does slow summer as a stay-at-home mom look like for you? And what are some of the items that are on your bucket list? Yeah, so on our slow summer bucket list, and it's not very extensive. It's kind of a short one on purpose so that it's not like a bunch of things that we need to do to check off to have this slow summer, but more kind of a mindset shift. So definitely a lot of outside time. That's one of my biggest things just for my own self. I need that just to like I find that there's so many different activities we can do that are like slow living, like baking the bread or all these things. But to me, just Mm -hmm. nothing helps me be more in the present moment with my son and with as a family if we just go outside. And that's a big priority also for my son because he's two right now and I just want him to be outside as much as he can because I feel like so much research shows that's how they develop right now the best. So that's a big one, getting outside. And I think on the bucket list, I put on there eating at least one meal outside a day, which is something that we've been doing for quite a while. And in the winter, it's a lot harder and we don't usually do that. But in the spring, summer, fall, we try to eat usually breakfast outside. And in the summer, we've been even eating dinner outside as a family, which is really fun. And it's not anything fancy at all. It's like just take our plates out side on the the back porch or the patio but um yeah so that's one of them just getting outside a lot and then another one was and I haven't I'm not always perfect at this but just I encourage moms to take their phone and put it in another room away from them for at least one hour every day and I feel like sometimes we just need that like out of sight out of mind and I just think during the summer when our kids are around more why don't we just go ahead and put it away like intentionally for an hour? And I think usually I do this like during dinner time and we have something called the RO. I don't know if you've heard of the RO box. Mm -mm. It's an app paired with a box and you plug it in and it tracks the time that you're away from your phone. So that's been helpful for me because it's not just putting it in another room and I'm actually, I put it in the box and plug it in and then it tells me, Hey, you spent, you know, two hours away from your phone tonight or something. So that's something that I've been doing that's a part of the the bucket list. I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of the other ones. I should have pulled it up. Oh, sorry. I blindsided um, you with it. Yeah. <laughs> Just like poking around on your Instagram <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this looks fun. <laughs> we can stay more on the what a day in the life of a slow, intentional motherhood looked like, practically speaking. You already mentioned eating outside, getting outside a lot. How does the rest of the day flow? 
Yeah. So one of my big things, I think, and I'm I'm still like adjusting, I think as the seasons of motherhood change, this is an adjustment every, you know, as you add more children or even the seasons like right now, it's summer. So our life, our daily life looks a little bit different than it did in the winter. But mm-hmm. for me, one thing that always kind of guides our day, we have what I call like slow rhythms. And it's kind of just like a mindset shift instead of organizing my day around a long to-do list and always like having everything I need to check off constantly. And and then at the end of the day, inevitably, I didn't get everything done and I feel bad about that. I've kind of shifted away from that to structure our day around a few core anchors or rhythms and then fitting the other things kind of in between those blocks so first thing in the morning for like for example I have a really short morning rhythm routine that I do just like for myself and then the rest of the morning it's breakfast and try to get outside with my son and then we do reading time in the morning which if you're like have older kids in a homeschooling family that could you know obviously be included into that because we actually have started a little bit of homeschool stuff but he's still only two so it's just very minimal but yeah so we do those kind of morning rhythms and then throughout the afternoon I feel like just kind of allowing for free play for him and me weaving a little bit of my work in, but depends on his nap time because he is not the best napper. So sometimes that looks like contact napping. And then obviously we have our, our home rhythms of cleaning and, you know, cooking and all those things. But again, it kind of comes back to not the long list, but anchoring our day around the things that we know are our highest priorities. So one thing that we've been doing for quite a while, and I really love and always suggest it to parents that feel like they want to slow down, but they are not sure where to start. We do something called an afternoon pause and connect, and it would look different probably if you have older kids. But for us, it's just stop everything around three or four in the afternoon. And we just take a 15 minute pause. And I usually read some books and we have a little snack and just kind of come back together because, you know, we have a lot of things going on in a day as mothers and as homemakers. There's just so many things that we're doing. And sometimes I think we can just run ourselves ragged. And not only do our kids need to come back and connect with us throughout the day, and that's really important as I think most of us as mothers have that priority, but we also need it for ourselves and our own hearts to just take a little beat and regroup. And it doesn't have to be long. Usually it's just 10 or 15 minutes. So that's another one of our kind of day in the life. Like we always do that together. Yeah. Yeah. Those are some great tips. And I, you know, it's, it's so, it's so fun for me to remember back to these seasons because this is such, I I mean, this is 15 years ago when I was in the season. Well, yeah. More than 10, more than 10 (laughs) when I was in the season that you're in. And just thinking back to the unique challenges of having toddlers. I mean, we still have toddlers, but we also just have such a different dynamic. And yeah, you're pregnant now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And what all that looks like. It's just, you know, everybody has their unique situation that they're in and trying to prioritize in that sometimes you just have to find a mom who is exactly where you are because it's it's just such a different world now than when my my oldest was a baby i mean there was really mm. if unless we had big plans which we didn't there was just we didn't even have internet when she was two so what a what a difference you wow. know growing up and how much more yeah. intentional 
you have to be as a mom just a decade after when, you know, I first became a mom. It's so, it's so crazy. Right. Right. Taking a break from this episode to tell you about one of my favorite sponsors, Azure Standard. So as we learn to cook from scratch in our kitchens, whether that is sourdough or soaking grains or finding high quality meats and raw cheeses, sometimes it can be really difficult to source those things. I know in my area, I can find a lot of those things, but they're at the grocery store that's a lot more expensive. If I want a little block of raw cheese, I'm going to be paying quite a bit for it. Azure Standard works like a co-op where a bunch of like-minded individuals basically pull together an order and get it for a price that you can't find uh, for these high quality things by skipping the middleman. So you can go over to azurestandard.com and find a drop location that is near you. I know where I live. There are two within a 30 mile or 30 minute radius that I can get to pretty easily. You can also start a drop location in your area if that's something you and a couple friends are wanting to figure out how you can get high quality foods right to your area. You can pull together and start your own Azure drop. I actually almost did that here in my own town and I decided that I'd really rather drive a half hour once a month for the Azure drop and not have to manage a drop here. But either way, produce, quality meat, grains, we even get our animal feed. So we have a dairy cow, which is wonderful because we're able to source all this raw dairy. However, finding quality feed at our local feed store is near impossible. So we get a lot of our, our cow feed, our chicken feed from Azure Standard as well. I've done a few Azure Standard hauls over on my Farmhouse on Boone YouTube channel. So if you're curious about the other things that I have found and am loving in my kitchen, I stock up on flour from Azure Standard. You can check out one of those. You can just search on YouTube, Farmhouse on Boone, Azure Standard. Azure Standard is offering Simple Farmhouse Life listeners 10% off your order. So if this is something that you want to investigate in, poke around on the website, see if there's not something on there that you might already be getting locally, but is really too expensive or something that you can't find at all. You you see these videos of people who say, hey, get this, get this. And then you're like, but where do I even find that in my little town? Check it out on there. Use the code SIMPLESUMMER10. They're offering 10% off your order over at azurestandard.com. Find a drop in your location. Again, use the code SIMPLESUMMER10. So what are some common challenges or obstacles that mothers face when trying to slow down? And like being in this space, I'm sure people come to you with a lot of objections and challenges. What are some of those common ones and then how do you address them? Yeah, well, the the go-to is just we're too busy. Like, how can we slow down? There's so much to do. I mean, I don't have time to slow down, you know? So that's obviously a big one. And then also as people that have different life situations, like maybe the mother is working and a lot of a lot of people tend to think that what slow living embodies is kind of like you have to be <laughs> I don't know, independently wealthy, you're living out on this giant farm and your husband is at home with you all the time. Like there's these certain, I think people have these ideas of what it has to look like. Um, so those are some of the common things that people will say, like, I can't slow down because I'm, I'm a working mother or, you know, 
we're too busy. We have too many kids or, you know, everybody's going in different directions and it just, it's not possible for my family. Um, and what I would, what I do say to that is slowing down isn't going to look the same for every family for sure. And every season will look different. So just because my version and what I show on Instagram might look a certain way, it does. And if you think your life can't model after that, it doesn't mean you can't slow down because it's going to look different for everybody and you have to find what matters most to you. That's slowing down to me is prioritizing the things that matter most, making time for the things that matter most, and then really finding ways to savor and live in the moment. So as far as like, like a working mother that says, okay, well, I am not around my kids most of the day and I come home at night, like how can I slow down with them? Or how can I even really connect with them beyond those, you know, we're making lunches at night or I'm just exhausted after the, you know, after a long day, those kinds of things. I, um, again, come back to just having intentional but small rhythms and rituals that add a little bit of wonder, add a little bit of rest to your life. So like one daily one that I always come back to is the pause and connect. And if you're, for example, a working mom and you don't, maybe you're not at home in the afternoon with your kids, come home in the evening and do something like that, like a small routine or ritual that you guys can all gather to, around together, read it, do a family read aloud or do um, at the family dinner table, linger a little bit and talk about your highs and lows and really just invite each other into that space and just take a moment to be present. Maybe it's honestly just putting away the phone and saying, I'm not going to be on my phone from six in the evening to nine in the evening or whatever that might be. But it's really just bringing a little bit more intentionality into how you approach your family life. And it doesn't, again, have to look like linen aprons and being in the garden all day. It can really look specific to you and really center around what your life looks like right now. Yeah, I think that's an important point to make because like you said, there is no way that my version of slow will look anything like your version of slow because there's, you know, and I, again, I remember those days and we'd go on a couple hour long stroller rides for the day. And those days are definitely gone no matter what, <laughs> whether I pursue a podcast yeah. and a blog and a YouTube channel or not or Instagram, those, those days are long, long gone, but there is we all know in our own current situations what that actually means. Like it means this afternoon when we have, this is just like an example, I'm floating around in my head right now. We have an Azure standard pickup. We have a baby napping that that'll kind of overlap the Azure standard pickup. And then I thought about bringing some kids to the pool and then we have dinner. We have church tonight. We have a baseball game. And you know what? The pool has to go. Like, yes, I could fit that in. But you know what? I think instead having a relaxed making dinner time tonight is the choice that needs to be made for our slow evening. So that way all these pieces can fit because they they'd fit either way. I have it mapped out in my head as to how that would all work. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I already made the decision before. I'm like, OK, no, we're not going to do that. You're going to slow. <laughs> so, OK. We got lots of questions from listeners. I do this with every episode. I put out a question box over on Instagram just to see what it is that people who maybe follow both of us want to hear you talk about, or if they're just curious or just getting introduced to you. 
And the first set of questions has to do with getting things done. So we all have a lot to do. I just mentioned all the things that have to happen here this afternoon for us. How do you embrace a slow pace of life without being overwhelmed? Specifically, this person asks, by cleaning. Hmm. That can be a hard one for me still because I grew up in a home that prioritized a spotless, like everything had to be clean at all times. And if my mom's listening to this, I love having a clean home and it is a priority to me because I can't, func- <laughs> I can't function very well if everything is, you know, it's, if I need to clean surfaces in order to think and in order to, um, do my work and do my day and feel joy in my home. So it's something that I still prioritize, but I definitely have shifted away from needing that perfect house to letting some things go during the day a little bit and finding um, more sustainable rhythms. And again, I only have one son and he's a toddler and he is messy. Like, you know, if I don't, I could follow him around all day, every day, cleaning up his messes in order to have a perfectly spotless home. But I know that if I do that, I'm not going to get to really enjoy life and experience life with him as I want to, and also just get to all the other things that I need to do. So part of it has been letting some things go and scheduling things out. So I have one day that's devoted to deep cleaning. And instead I I would kind of like put off the deep cleaning or I don't know, I didn't have really a rhythm with it. So now I just do it once a week and we have a small home and one kid. So that kind of works for me right now, but it may not work for everybody. Obviously, if you have like a lot of bigger home or a lot of kids, that would look different for you. But um, that's what I do right now with deep cleaning. And then throughout the day, we do like three tidy ups in the morning. When we get up for breakfast, I like to just make sure everything's reset or after breakfast. And then um, again in the afternoon, kind of before dinner time, we'll do another tidying. And my son helps a little bit, but he's not, you know, he's still really young. So it's a lot of me. And then again at night before we go to bed, I love to reset the house. Some nights I don't get to it, but usually I do. And those having those in place and knowing that the rest of the day I can kind of let things go a little bit and just be in the moment without having to rush around and do everything constantly, but just say, okay, well, I'll get to that a little bit later and it'll get done when it needs to get done. But yeah, just kind of for me, at least letting go of perfectionism a little bit and just enjoying the moment without having to have everything perfectly done constantly. Yeah. And I will say that in our home, as we've had more kids, really cutting back on the amount of inventory that we have. This is a, I get this inventory thing from several of the minimal type of accounts over on YouTube. I listen to stuff like that. And they talk about inventory and actually got to thinking about this again last night because one of the kids, actually two of the bookshelves had a bunch of books off of them, like kid books in the two rooms. Because we have a lot of books and I got to thinking, am I willing to sit here and put these books back on the shelf as many times as I've done that? Or is it time to reevaluate the number of books that we have and really seeing each item in the house as inventory? I feel like I've gotten really good at that, but then there's still these moments where I see something and I think, okay, this is another one of those examples where might it be better in our current season of life to either have one bookshelf up high that only adults can get books down? Because it is mostly like the toddlers who have this this issue, not the older kids. And we do have some up high bookshelves that yeah. never have problems. Like I don't find piles of books on the floor. 
But that's a, a, a moment to look critically at these particular possessions and the amount of time that I've spent managing them and think, do I really need to own these or should we have a handful of books that I pull down when it's time to read books to the boys at night? Because I read my my three little boys books every night. Um, just reevaluating things like that and making your home work for you. If it's a constant mess that you feel like you just need to clean it up all day long, because I've been there in my last house before I had all the children I have now, and I got really serious about this. It was an overwhelming thing to stay on top mm -hmm. of cleaning up, and it's not now. And I think that's the reason why. Right. Yeah, I should have. Yeah, I should have mentioned that because that is definitely something that's been big in my process of kind of simplifying. And actually on my Instagram this year, we're doing like a year long slow living challenge and each month taking just one concept and applying it to our life. So it was, I think, May we did simplifying. And that was definitely one of the big ones is simplifying the toys and all the, you know, our closets, finding things that we can just get rid of because it's, yeah, that's a logistical thing, but it makes such a huge difference. Sometimes we don't realize it, but we're drowning in all the stuff we have and constantly having to manage it as moms. So yeah, just getting rid of it. And I have found actually... For our family, we haven't really bought our son toys in a really long time. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't have toys because he does. His grandparents like to buy him toys. But we have purpose, like we're not going to bring in a lot of stuff because he doesn't need it. And I've always found the stuff that he does enjoy playing with is usually like stuff from out in nature. Like he'll bring in rocks and things. And he, we just went to the beach a couple weeks ago and he found on the beach these shovels, these little tiny like hand shovels. He just like came across them and they're beat up and old and some other family had them, but they were, they left them. So my son found them like that night. We took a night walk. Those are his most prized possessions at this point. Like he will not go anywhere without those tiny little shovels that he found. So I'm, it just goes to show you like they don't need a lot of, a lot of stuff. Like usually they're happiest with minimal things and going outside. So yeah, if if anyone listening feels like they're constantly having to clean up and pick up messes, it definitely could be because there's just too much stuff that you're trying to manage. Yeah. And I think sometimes we think certain things like, you know, we hear about toys a lot, about clothes, minimizing that. But there's some things that I forget about being optional. Like, why do I have this? Why am I spending time doing this? If I really love this, that's fine. But mm -hmm. I am spending time on this. And so how important is this item to me? And I, I just can't emphasize to moms enough that if you feel like you're cleaning up all the time, like this is a constant struggle, it's always a mess. You're just chasing them around. Cause I totally have been there. I remember like all I do is clean up after you guys. Yeah, That is not the case anymore. And so I'm like, this is really like, I, I just really hope people hear me because I think that I heard these things and didn't realize just how much time and unnecessary time and stress that all prevented me from like doing these kind of things that you're talking about, like getting outside and doing these activities that, yeah, okay, if I do that, then my house is going to be destroyed. Whereas maybe it, maybe that's just not the case actually. Yeah, for sure. All right. I want to take a break from this great conversation to tell you about today's podcast sponsor, Tubes & Co., Tubes & Co. is an organic skincare company. They have everything from face masks. I just saw on their website that they have a brand new face mask they just launched 
to face creams like moisturizers and serums. I especially love their glow serum to makeup. So I currently have on the Tubes & Co foundation, the Tubes & Co eye pencil with their little brush thing that makes it really easy to do eyebrows, the mascara. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else I have on here. <laughs> I own a lot more of their items if I ever wanna do the whole contouring palette thing and occasionally I do that, but most of the time I just stick with the basics for a fresh face that I don't have to worry about all of the junk and makeup. This has been a saga for me over the years because I know that what goes onto our skin actually makes its way in and it affects our health, but a lot of the products that are natural just aren't very good. And like currently right now I'm pregnant and I have the, whatever it's called when you get the mask and I, I, I want coverage. I want to use the concealers and the foundations that are at conventional places, but I don't want the chemicals. Tubes & Co completely solves that problem for me. I've sent all my friends and family their way I love that it's a small family owned company. They use all great ingredients. You, you can check them out, look through them all. They use tallow from grass fed cows and just all things that I'm very comfortable putting on my skin and in my body. Tubes & Co is offering Simple Farmhouse Life listeners 10% off your order. If you wanna check it out, whether you're in the need for makeup or something to moisturize or cleanse, by using the code FARMHOUSE. So go to toopsandco.com and use the code FARMHOUSE to get 10% off your order and check out some awesome Toops & Co products. Okay, so I know this this next question is probably, you know, you, you're not at this stage yet, but maybe you remember from your childhood how to find the balance of slowing down and all the activities kids want to do. And yeah, I know like a two-year-old doesn't really have a whole lot of opinions on what they want to do, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's something that definitely I think pushed me towards the slower life just because I knew eventually once our family is growing and we have older children, I didn't want all of us to be running in opposite directions constantly. And I I know that is the norm nowadays. It seems like a lot of families are like just constantly, you know, ships in the night passing. It's you have, I think I saw this study that was done actually a couple of years ago, so it may even be worse now. But I think on average, they say that families, children only get about 34 minutes of time, like quality time with their parents every day. And that's about it. And that might be you know, like eating dinner or something, but it's, it doesn't have to be like something crazy, but it was like just 34 minutes and that's like it. And so I really didn't want that for our family. And I know I haven't had to make those choices yet and deal with kids wanting to do the activities. But as I'm, you know, as we approach that in a few years and I've thought about it already, I don't want to keep my kids or son, however many children we have, I don't want to keep them from doing things that excite them and interest them because I think that's really important. But I also don't want to sacrifice our family values. So for me, it really comes down to getting clear on your priorities and your family values and then sitting down and having a conversation as a family um, with your husband, with your children saying, okay, these we'd like to have you know dinner at home this many nights a week we would like to be able to prioritize such and such things in our home and so maybe we can only do the one sport or maybe you know we can 
do that group or whatever it might be for your kids. But yeah, it might require a little bit of sacrifice and, you know, just being open to those, but also just really sticking, I think, to your priorities, because in the end, I really do think that you all, it's not just about each individual kid, but as the family as a whole and you as the mother, I think sometimes mothers, you know, they're, they spend all day running their kids to and fro. And then at the end of the day, it's like they're frazzled and they're run ragged. So staying true to your priorities as a family and also taking care of yourself, but also keeping your kids in mind. So I think it's, it's definitely, it's something that I haven't had to personally deal with yet, but I do think about a lot. Yeah, it's a tricky balance. The way that we have navigated it is we have each kid sort of gets one activity, but they're not all at the same time. So we don't have like we have one child in baseball, even though another one thinks he'd be interested. He does something else. And not only that, we feel that this child's probably better suited for baseball. This one isn't. So making these decisions based on the child, making sure that they feel like they get to do things that, you know, they're interested in and they get to pursue things they're interested in. But Mm -hmm. it's okay if you don't do absolutely everything. Like we've, we've said no to a lot of like competitive things as kids get better at certain things. Yeah. We just say, you know what, like you can do the activity, but we aren't going to go across the state to have you do a certain competition. It's just not what we're going to do. So yeah, making those priorities for your family and sticking with them and then being able to adjust if somebody becomes interested in something. And yeah, like we're, we're just not willing in one season to have kids going in four different directions. We have to choose if we can do things together, if there's some kind of activity that you can do with several kids, different ages. It's, it's not an easy answer. I mean, it's just Mm -hmm. one of those things. Like you have to make some choices And there's going to be downfalls to each choice you make. So there's just not really an easy answer to that. Right. Okay. This next one I really struggle with is how to slow down when it feels like every moment of every day is accounted for. And I can completely sympathize with this person because that that's kind of how I feel like even with limiting things, we still sort of have our life and it hasn't always been that way, but it just, yeah, you've. We've added a lot of things and uh, it's tricky. Right. So this is hard, especially, yeah, like you said, when you have a lot of children and you have a lot of plates spinning constantly. So first of all, I would say, number one, come back to your priorities and really sit down and try to decide is everything I'm doing, number one, absolutely necessary. And number two, is it bringing me joy? Is it bringing our family joy? Is it, is it serving our values? So once you evaluated that, see if there is something you possibly could get rid of. Is there something you could simplify? Maybe even just for a season, maybe it's one of the kids activities, or maybe it's a group that you're involved in or some work project you took on that doesn't really serve you right now. So I'd start there and just evaluating everything you're doing. And obviously we can't, you know, sometimes everything we're doing is necessary. So maybe you can't cut anything out and maybe it's just, that's your schedule right now. And it's going to be a little bit, it's a busy season. So if that's the case, Then what I would say is, number one, instead of adding anything extra onto your already full to-do list, taking something that you're already doing and adding a little bit of intentionality to it. So, for example, this is one thing that I have started doing um, is just adding in a mindful moment to my day. And it's already 
an activity or responsibility that I'm already doing, like doing the dishes or folding the laundry or making dinner. And instead of trying to multitask during that moment and doing a million other things, because we all do that as moms, or even like having, I don't know, something going on in the background, like the podcast or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be, intentionally taking that moment of my day and just kind of tuning out the noise, not the noise of the kids, but bringing awareness to it, bringing just a simple presence to it. And it sounds almost like too simple to actually like be a thing that works, but it actually has made a huge difference for me. I did this just this morning, actually with my son, we were, we went on a walk and in preparation for today and talking with you, I was like, I need to listen to a podcast. I was, I was brushing up on slow living topics and just someone that I love listening to. So I was, I put that, I put one headphone in and we were taking our walk and Tucker was pointing out something like a flower talking to himself or something. And I just thought, okay, well, I'm kind of missing out on what he's talking about and what's going on around me. So I just took the ear pod out and I put it away and turned off the podcast. And I just started observing what was happening around me. And we started looking at flowers and I was teaching about thistles because we saw a bunch of thistles on our walk and just looking around and enjoying that moment. And it turned out to be such a cool walk. Like, I mean, we take walks a lot, but it was just really sweet. And he was telling little stories. And that was just an example of a moment that I could have missed out on. But instead, I slowed it down, brought a little bit of intention and presence to it. And it didn't take any extra time. It was something I was already had chosen to do. And that just added that intentionality and that savoring to it. I think you're so right about that. I think back to when I took walks with my first two daughters before we had iPhones. And I mean, I think I didn't even have an iPhone until after my fourth child. So there wasn't this constant temptation to put something in my ear whenever I was doing something like taking the kids for a walk. I was just taking the kids for a walk. And my memories of that are so different from the more frazzled way that we do things now because it is such a temptation. It's something like taking the kids for a walk or doing dishes or doing laundry, those don't require your mental energy. You can listen to a podcast while doing those and do them just as well to everybody else involved. Like the laundry's done well, the room is clean well, the dishes are done well, the kids have been taken on their walk. They might not even know that you're listening to something, especially when they're toddlers. The older kids definitely do. That's why if I ever have toddlers around, which is like very rare, like if I ever have just the little kids, I'm definitely listening to something because it's like, oh, nobody can call me out on this. But those things were so mentally simple. Like it's the same activities, but you don't walk away feeling rested after them just because of the chaos you've added to it that really, I mean, it seems pretty benign. Like it's not making really any difference and it's really not except for if you're feeling really frazzled all the time, there's no extra time in the day. Probably some of the things that you're doing that really would let your mind rest during it are actually your mind is on overdrive during those things that would be otherwise very simple and slow. You probably have tons of simple and slow moments throughout your day. It's just whether or not you're allowing them to be simple and slow. Yes, definitely. And I think that's the key. The rest component is really huge for moms that are feeling, like you said, on constant overdrive and they're just constantly trying to keep up and keep their head above water. And we actually did a series on my Instagram back in February and it was all about rest. And I think 
at first, a lot of the moms following along kind of pushed back and were like, okay, well, I'm a mom. I can't rest. I don't even get sleep at night. You know, like if they have little ones, they're waking up through the night. So how can I rest? How can I prioritize that? And there were so many creative ways that we found along the way to add rest to our life. And actually it's, it's not usually about sleeping and not about just even for slow living, it's not about just um, doing things slowly or having a leisure hour or something. It's not about that, but rather finding rest for our souls and finding, bringing back a sense of wonder and a sense of presence and enjoyment to our life. So yes, the component of slowing things down in our minds, I think is huge. Like that's been really big for me, just that mindset shift. Because like I said before, it wasn't I constantly had to have that background distraction. And I think a lot of us are primed for that. I mean, usually the first thing, at least research shows, the first thing we do when we wake up in the morning is reach for our phone. And what they have seen whenever you do that, your brain is instantly like primed for distraction for the rest of the day. And so we kind of are constantly like not really in the present, like we're always kind of looking for other things to distract our brain. It's just always on this overdrive, this um, distraction mode. So yeah, finding ways to kind of tune that out and come back to the present. Just, I mean, when we observe children, they're so good at that. Like when I watch my son playing or doing any activity, it's like, he's just all there. Mm -hmm. He's right there. And that sense of wonder and appreciation for what's going on around them. I think as adults in especially Western culture, we've really lost that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so different. And I remember a time being a mom without that. And that's what's an interesting perspective that if you're a mom 10 years after me, you just don't know that because it it wasn't even something I had to intentionally do. It just did not exist. And so my brain just did not have the chance to be overwhelmed with just stuff like housekeeping stuff like it didn't because that stuff is very straightforward and I wasn't also at the same time like doing something else and I am 100% guilty of this like I love distracting myself while doing things that are not you know that are mindless things but man like if so hard it's just like we know this but our brains do over time make new pathways that we're not able to do the same things without feeling like we need to be doing something else. We live on this overdrive chaos thing. And so I know it comes down to a detox, mm. but it's kind of like the house rant I have. If you feel like everything's crazy and overwhelming, it's probably just your brain's cluttered. Right. That's so good. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me and sharing all of your the realizations you've had over the last two years of being a mom and slowing down. For those who don't yet follow Sarah over on Instagram, we'll also, it's simply with two Y's underscore Sarah underscore, but we'll also leave it linked down in the show notes. I'm sure if you search simply Sarah, it probably comes up over on Instagram. So any other resources that you want to share with our audience? Um, well, I have a slow living guide. It's just, it's all about rhythms. Actually, they can check that out. They can go to the link in my bio and find that. And it's just a simple resource to help moms kind of structure their day around this slow living framework. So that can be really helpful. And 
yeah, that's about it for now. Awesome. We'll also leave that down in the show notes. Well, thank you so much, Sarah, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Simple Farmhouse Life podcast. Make sure to check out Sarah's Instagram. We'll have it linked down in the description box and the show notes. And I will see you in the next episode.